0: Hello, welcome to this week's At Any Rate Podcast. My name is Pat Locke, joined today by my colleagues, Arindam Sandili out of Singapore, and James Nelligan out of London. Thank you guys for joining. So this is our first podcast since we published our year ahead outlook in mid-November. And naturally, there's quite a lot to unpack, both tactically and also from kind of a more strategic vantage point. Dollar was under some pretty intense pressure in November, which is kind of a throwback to, to how FX was trading a year ago particularly as the Fed got repriced after the October CPI. And then we got some pretty material Fed speak in the interim as well, particularly from Chris Waller. So do, the dollar's consolidated though, which I think is generally kind of what we've been anticipating and today's NFPs came in pretty strong all around. And so I think that should kind of temper some of the enthusiasm we've had around Fed expectations that had gotten pretty aggressive. Um, and so tactically next week, you know, it's looking pretty loaded. We've got the Fed, ECB, BOE, SMB coming up, uh, along with the US CPI print. And so even with payrolls in hand this week, I think there's still quite a bit to play for, um, even as clients are probably starting to wind things down into the end of the year. Uh, we do get the dots and fresh SEP projections from the Fed next week, uh, which I think should actually be quite interesting. Uh, Core PCE, for example, was undershot the September forecast from the Fed. Uh, And relatedly, the FOMC looks like it's penciled in one too many hikes uh, or dots for this year. So the forecast, well, could be tradable next week. I think even though payrolls today might check some of that other kind of like dovish revisions uh, in the response to that um, into next week. So bigger picture, I think we've got a lot of our eyes on a lot of things. Uh, Fed pricing, some signs of basing in European growth and global PMIs, albeit at pretty weak levels. Global rates. You know, that move obviously is still pretty broad um, and growing signs of disinflation. But for the time being, we're sticking with our, our generally constructive dollar view at this point. Um, and so with that, let me turn it over to you, Arindam. Uh, besides all the Fed and the dollar moves, the yen has been a bit of a standout to start the month, uh, given a couple of notable comments by the BOJ officials from the past week. So interested to get your take on that. Uh, you know, do you think the market's gotten over its skis on the prospects for BOJ normalization? Uh, and if so, does that mean that yen should actually revert lower into year-end? Uh,
1: hey, Pat, yes, of course, uh, yen's been uh, front and center of uh, FX markets this week. Uh, started off with a week 30-year JGB auction. Uh, then there have been some comments from uh, BOG officials that hint at an earlier than anticipated normalization of negative rates. No. Uh, I think in the market's mind, uh, all starts with aligned for uh, dollar yen to catch down towards being a dramatic repricing in in U.S. rates. Uh, but in in our mind, no, we've got to be careful about extrapolating what we've seen this week to uh, trend strength in uh, yen over the entirety of two thousand and twenty-four. I think the markets are really playing for uh, an earlier than expected adjustment in BOJ policy, taking the base rate to zero relatively quickly. But I think there's an open question here about how much further the BOJ can lift rates in a world where global central banks are starting to drift in an opposite direction. Certainly in history, uh, BOJ has never hiked alongside a Fed that's been cutting. Is it possible in this cycle? Yes, but within a narrow set of conditions where Fed cuts are not extreme, but the US doesn't go into a recession, and the BOJ is able to comfortably gradually adjust policy higher. But it is a narrow window, and everything has to go just right. What doesn't help the BOJ's cause for uh, rapid policy normalization also is that, as we've learned this week uh, by the uh, third quarter GDP data, as well as uh, the uh, Tokyo CPI we got uh, earlier this month, the data flow is not quite conducive to, to rapid normalization. Both growth and inflation data have started to surprise to the downside, which is kind of inconvenient for this market narrative looking for a continued extension higher in JGD eos and a continued extension lower in dollar yen. So we ourselves uh, have had a uh, constructive uh, set of yen expressions, but more as um, sort of hedges for a potential recession scenario into 24, which have fortunately done well in in a week like this. Uh, But I think it's a bit of a stretch for us to sit here and say that we expect this to be the model trend for the yen uh, for an extended period of time.
0: Thanks, Irinam. And then separately, you know, we've done a fair bit of marketing the year ahead outlook uh,
1: around the world the last few weeks.
0: What's the main feedback that you've been hearing? Uh, Any strong views in particular or any strong pushback on anything that we've presented?
1: Yes. um, On the year ahead stuff, uh, you know, this is the season, I guess. And uh, unsurprisingly, as happens around this time of the year, Uh, Many views across sell-side shops have coalesced into something resembling a soft dollar consensus. Uh, uh, Soft landing has been, I think, by and large, been embraced as the modal narrative uh, by a majority of investors, which is why we've seen the price action that we have uh, over November. Um, But even dollar bears kind of concede that it's not straightforward to find currencies to, uh, to buy against the dollar, which is why... You know, the old carry trades of Latin America and parts of India still seem to be the the investor favorites. There's still uh, some desire to fund those trades, uh, if not out of straight dollars, at least through a mix of uh, the old funding currencies, parts of G10, parts of North Asia. So the, the page may have been turned on 2023 or being closed too, but it's not as if um, you know a, a phenomenally new set of uh, FX trades have suddenly uh, surfaced. The second thing I will say is um, uh, amongst the uh, currencies that uh, the dollar wanted to be sold against by investors, dollar yen emerged as one where uh, even before this week, there seemed like there was considerable pent up demand to engage with the trade. Uh, In a lot of people's minds, this could be the macro trade of 2024. Uh, The currency is cheap. Uh, Fed minus BOJ expectations were moving in the right direction for dollar yen to to head lower. But the problem, of course, was negative carry. A lot of uh, investors did acknowledge that hurdle. Um, And there were some discussions about how to find uh, cheaper expressions of of, uh, yen strengthening positions. And uh, our recommendations uh, like CAD yen got some, some investor favor. The uh, third thing to flag is that uh, the notepad that you wrote um, uh, two or three weeks back around US elections and their impact on FX got a lot of airtime in discussions uh, across the globe. Uh, it did feel like there was varied amount of investor concern on the topic, depending on how far away were you from the epicenter of the these events. Uh, I'm guessing in the US, you encountered a lot more people with immediate, urgent focus on the issue. Out here in Asia, we got... Fewer people similarly engaged, but I think uh, most investors acknowledge that this could be something that um, upends the comfortable soft landing narrative of of 24, and they're paying a lot of attention to what could be used as potential hedges uh, in case the story were to go wrong. Um, Fourth, on Western Europe, I think there is consensus bearishness. It does worry me a little bit as to how widely held bearish Euro views are. Um, And in the spirit of stress testing, some investors wondered if the uh, the decline in European inflation that we've seen of late could actually turn into a positive for the currency by generating positive real wage growth. We know that European consumption has been uh, a bugbear uh, for the continent all year. But if that consumption story turns around, then could it dislodge the entrenched weak euro consensus was uh, something that investors wanted to explore. And then, um, you know, finally, um, CNY was not a topic of discussion in any major way, which kind of was a surprise. It's a deviation from uh, what we've seen in previous years. But I think this has a lot to do with how people view uh, China as an investment destination. Um, They didn't seem a lot of uh, encouragement from investors to go back to buying Chinese assets, even if China growth were a surprise to the upside, which is why... um, it felt like CNY would still continue to be used as uh, carry trades funders into next year. On the carry trade piece itself, and this is where I'll end it, um, it felt like investors acknowledged our point that uh, big rate cuts from these high-yielding currencies will narrow the runway for carrying 24. Uh, but for many of them, this was a second half of 24 issue you know, in the here and now the old trades of 23 long max, long Brazil, you uh, know, that sort of stuff was still going to work uh, fine to at least Q1. All
0: right. Thanks, Aridem. Uh James, turning to you, we've been on the right side of the Swiss move, uh, but it's been pretty aggressive. So how are you thinking about this tactically now that it's on the 94 handle in Euro-Swiss, and has anything kind of changed in your longer-term expectations?
2: Thanks, Patrick. Uh, yeah, so... Um we're we're lightening up a bit here on on the bullish uh, swiss view uh really just ahead of a a very busy week uh next week in in terms of event risk central banks in g10 um including the the and uh meeting uh swiss like you say swiss swiss has had a, a pretty solid move here from from the from the highs in euro swiss in in november uh the pair now screens around uh well over two percent cheap uh to fair value on our uh, short-term models uh so we, we just see it as prudent here to be a bit more neutral um heading into uh, a heavy data calendar next week uh for the B meeting itself we, we think uh, they'll they should keep rates unchanged and uh, and guidance unchanged but uh there are some some dovish risks as uh obviously domestic inflation has been undershooting forecasts and uh Clearly, other central banks are are guiding a bit more strongly towards towards easing now, um, but the medium-term view is 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 really unchanged. Um, we still see Swiss as uh, well supported uh, by by a very positive flow picture, um, including uh, balance of payments and a, a quite active S and B on the FX front. Even even if they were to to moderate their intervention levels, that the overall flow picture is still still very positive. Um as well as a uh, lackluster growth in in Europe and and more globally, uh, preventing the market from from rotating out 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 to the Swiss franc into into more cyclical currencies.
0: All right, thanks for that, James, and thanks both of you for joining. That ends it for today. This communication is provided for information purposes only. Please refer to JP Morgan research reports related to its content for more information including important disclosures, 2023, JPMorgan Chase and Company, all rights reserved. This episode was recorded on December 8th, 2023.